All right, well, good morning, everybody at the house. How are you guys doing today? Well, as you can tell, today's going to be a little bit different. And uh, really, if I could sit down with every one of you, this is the conversation I would love to have with you uh, personally. You know, um, we have been in this series called Dream Again, and, and I'll just tell you a little bit about how it came about, because I, I think that's significant. Um, toward the end of last year, I was, you know, like everybody else, I've been socially distant, and uh, the thing that really uh, breathes life into me is when I can get around pastors and pastors' meetings and hear from other pastors and and I uh, haven't been able to do that. Well, last, at the end of last year, I was able to be in two separate events with small groups of pastors. And out of that, I really felt like the Lord spoke this word to me just as clearly as I've ever heard. And, and for those of you, you know, you may be new to this whole Christianity thing. You're like, okay, here we go. This guy, God talks to him. Um, and, and I understand that, but let me just explain to you. I've you feel like the Lord says it to you. And that's an interesting, I didn't hear with my ears, but I felt in my spirit that the Lord spoke to me and said, Scott, it's time to dream again. It's time to dream again. And I felt like that was a word for me personally because of where I was at. I think it's a word for our church, but I really believe it's a word for you as well, um, that it's time to dream again. And so uh, we've been in this series talking about dreams. And I use the story of Joseph. And in the story of Joseph is this, uh, it starts in Genesis chapter 37 and the story goes all the way through chapter 41 and even goes further than that. But God gave Joseph a dream. I'm talking about a God dream of what God was going to do in his life. And really, here's what a dream means. A dream is, is when God shows you what he's going to do in your future. That's, that's really what it means. It gives you a vision of the future because God wants you to know what's in your future. And so Joseph shares this dream with his brothers and his father and they both, they didn't, they didn't receive it. They did not encourage him. And so what did, what did God do? God didn't change his dream. Instead, he gave Joseph another dream. That's why it's time to dream again. Uh, it was the same dream, some different pictures. And, and dreaming is very visual. God wants you to see something. Not just hear words. God wants you to see pictures about the future of your life and what he wants to do in your life. And um, so that's going to be our theme for this whole year is dream again. And I have with me today uh, a longtime friend. His name is Dixon Changara, and he is over all of the celebration churches in the nation of Zimbabwe. Um, and we're, we're, we'll, we'll get him to tell a little bit of his story, and uh, he'll, be, he'll be helping me, and we're going to just have a conversation. You get to, to listen in. But here's, here's my overarching point today, because I've been encouraging you that God wants to you know, through the Holy Spirit, God wants to help you begin to dream again. And I want to tell you how today, and, and, and this is the point, that if you will make other people's dreams come true, in other words, if you will invest in other people's dreams, that's how God makes your dream come true. 
And then that's, that's the whole point today. So Pastor Dixon, um, he's with us for the weekend. And why don't you just tell us a little bit about your story and uh, kind of the ministry there in Zimbabwe, a little bit about your country. And tell us the context that you are ministering in. Thank you, Pastor Scott. It's wonderful to be here with you, uh, the household of faith. We, we love you so much, you know, here I'm with Pastor Bothwell, who is yes. our, our, our um, uh, executive pastor back at home. And, um, yeah, I grew up in the village, and I only got to get to the city when I was going to do grade eight. I could not speak English then. I had to learn. But the greatest thing that happened to me in my eighth grade was I met with Jesus. I had a teacher who had a relationship with the Lord. And that is where my dream started. Um, the, the teacher gave me, you know, made my dream uh, start right there. And, um, you know, uh, um, married my wife. Chipo is uh, with Pastor Vanessa there at the other location. She... Um, we have two children, uh, a boy and a girl, and the girl is here. Uh, she's studying. And we, we, we just so glad that we, um, we, we, we could be able to, to hear God's voice to be part of the work in Zimbabwe. And this is where uh, Pastor Scott and the team here came in. As we were starting, and uh, we, we have quite a lot of... Uh, we have... 20 churches, we're planting the 20th this year. We already have the land and everything. Did you hear that? 20 churches. And he's going to tell you, there's, there's four kinds of churches. So. Yeah. And so, and, 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 and when Household of Faith came in, Pastor Scott came in to really help us in this uh, city, the, the largest city um, called Mashingo, to start that church um, that we have there, which is really a key strategic church. Out of it, we have had quite a lot of other churches planted from there. Um, the, the dream just is growing bigger and bigger because you made that dream become alive for us. Well, thank you so much. And, yeah. and really, it's these people and the Lord moving Amen. on these people that, uh, that allow us to do that. And, and for those of you that don't know the story, this is probably 10... 12 years ago, in 21 days of prayer in January one year, um, I felt like the Lord spoke to me and said, Scott, I want you to ask the church to give $100,000 and we're going to build, we called it a care point then, they've since changed the name to Hope Centers. It's during the week and then it would function as a church on the weekend. And I argued with the Lord and said, Lord, are you crazy? I've never been able to to get people to give a hundred thousand and for anything. And besides, I need a hundred thousand myself. I could I could have used it at the time, you know, because I have you know, I have dreams too. And uh so the Lord won that argument and I said, Okay, I will do it. And I remember it was about March or April of the year. We had we had told the church this and it shared the vision and gave everyone time to prepare and to give on the very first Sunday Household of Faith gave $60,000 in one Sunday. And it blew my mind. I don't know, probably some of you were here and probably gave in that offering. And, and so by October of that year, we had all $100,000. And, and 
uh, we parted with this group called Children's Cup that was led at the time by a man named Dave Olerking. He has since passed away and gone on to be in heaven. And, but I was with Dave, uh, Dave Olerking in Swaziland having a fish dinner one time. They have great fish in Swaziland. If you ever go there, get the fish. And uh, he said, you need to meet this friend of mine. His name is Dixon Changara. And he's in Zimbabwe. They had, they had done some ministry together. And he said he's one of the finest men you will ever meet. And it, it was through that introduction we eventually met. And I loved Pastor Dixon from the moment I met him. And we have just become good friends. And, and uh, this is actually his second time he's been here to the household. And we hope that the second of many times. And I've been over there a couple of times. And so we just decided to, you know, start investing in what they were doing. And God has blessed that work. And we were able to, God used us at a moment, and, and, and I give all the glory to God, but we were able to, to maybe pour, plant some seed into them in, in kind of a crucial moment for their nation. And let me, let, me, let me get him to tell you why it's so important that we invest in Zimbabwe, because I know what you're thinking. Well, Scott, man, that, that's all well and good, but, um, you know, there are people that have, have needs right here in America, right here in Ascension Parish. And it's not that we don't invest in people like that, but I want you to talk a little bit about where your nation is at economically. So the nation of Zimbabwe has gone through um, some challenges, and, and some of the greatest challenges that we have had uh, have been caused by, um, obviously, there is the issue of um, you know, the, the, the politics of the country. Um, but we live in what we call Region 5. Um, there's Region 1 up to 5. And Region 5 is the driest uh, region in Zimbabwe. There is very little rainfall. And sometimes when it rains, it floods because some of the land is very flat. It's just like you all here. You know, um, in Louisiana. Come on, preach, brother. We you got know, some flat so land here. <laughs> we, we, we don't have, you know, the swamps, you know, though, and the many lakes that you have. I love to fish, so I wish we had more lakes like you have. And so, and so, um, and you, 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 you then find that we, we have, we, we have a lot of hardships there because um, 95% of the people they are unemployed. We don't have... Let me stop you there. Did you get that? 95%. So if your answer is, well, tell them to get a job, there are no jobs. Okay? And it, it's, it's because of bad leadership, but we're not going to go there. You know, because we love the people. So mm. go ahead, Pastor Dixon. Yeah. I'm sorry I interrupted you. Yeah, so, so I, I saw the other day there was a sign on a store. It was written, now hiring. If it was back at home, probably that, that store, the windows would be broken because there would be so many people that want to be hired right there. And so, so, so we, we have a population of about you know, 14 million people. And so the way people then have to take care of themselves is buying and selling. So people will buy whatever they can buy, and you have people sitting along the road selling stuff, and um, some will go across the border to find what is that they can be able to sell so that they can take care of their families. 
And so that's, that's the nation. And, and here's a verse out of Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 10 that I think really addresses this. And it says, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then, come on, say then. So there's always this if then. If you do some things, if you care about the hungry and the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. Okay, and that, that's, that's out of the Old Testament. And, and God's clearly saying, if you would shine brightly and help someone else's dream, someone else's life, then God says, I'm gonna make sure, I'm gonna turn the light on in your life. Your darkness is gonna become illuminated. And so, um, and in the New Testament, it says it this way in the book of Galatians chapter six and verse seven. And I love this. This is, this is, this is how the kingdom of God operates. If you wanna know, it's, it's by faith. But it's this principle. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Now, I know today people are making fun of those of us who say we are believers and say we believe in the Bible. But the Bible says this, that God cannot be mocked. Why? Because a man or a woman, you're going to reap what you sow. In other words, what the, the, the things that you do for others. So if you, if you sow selfishness, then that's what you're going to have a harvest of. You're going to be surrounded by selfish people. But if you sow love and kindness and mercy, I love that song today, mercy's fall. Let me tell you, God's heart toward you today is mercy. God's heart toward Zimbabwe is mercy. And whatever we sow, so we, we in, in this idea of dream again, you know, we've told you a lot about having a dream, but I want to help you understand how to make it happen, is you, if you will invest in the dreams of others, then God will make your dreams come true. And that's what we've seen, and that that's what we're going to practice today. Today's message is very practical. That's it. And we're going to talk about child sponsorships because one of the things that we do, and we have a friend from One Child Matters, Mark Molina, who was our first time meeting, but he is here with One Child Matters. You see, what we're doing over there, it's too big for the household of faith to do by itself. It's too big for Celebration Church to do by itself. And that's why God has brought together these partners. Partnership I, I, one, one of my favorite things I love is that God allows us to partner with him. It says, Paul writes that in the New Testament. God could do all of this without us, but he chooses to let us partner. And we believe that's the pattern for missions is partnerships. It doesn't have to have my logo and my ego involved. It's us. It's, it's, it's we over me. And that's what I love about One Child Matters and what I love about Dixon and the Celebration Churches is the fact that we care about kingdom. We care about people. And so um, it, this partnership together, you know, we have resources. Dixon has influence and leadership on the ground. One Child Matters comes alongside with child sponsorships. And we are making a huge difference 
in a country that is in desperate need because we're choosing to partner together. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Let me in. I got some pictures for you. I'm sure that, that you will enjoy. You know, it's, it's really, in the story of Joseph, it's a really, it's, it's, it's this biblical account. So Joseph has this dream in the book of Genesis, um, and he, his brothers hate it so much that they, they um, secretly kidnap him and sell him into slavery. Man, who needs brothers like that? But that's what they do. Of course, we find out later that this was all part of God's plan. He ends up in Egypt in a man named Potiphar's house. Well, Potiphar's wife tries to seduce him. But he stands strong and, and he, he maintains his integrity and his faith in God and says, no, she lies about him. Potiphar believes the wife and throws him in prison. And he's in prison for years. And while he's there, he's just ministering to people uh, helping the other prisoners. He rises up. He's at the top of the prison. And then one day, the Pharaoh, which was the king of Egypt, has a dream. And no one can interpret the dream. And one of the people that was in prison with him remembers this guy named Joseph that God used to interpret dreams. And they get him out of prison, put some nice clothes on him, bring him before the Pharaoh. And there he by the Spirit of God, he interprets the Pharaoh's dream. And the Pharaoh, in one moment, realizes Joseph is the man God has chosen to execute this big plan to save the nation. And he, he goes from the prison and he exalts him and he makes him the prime minister, second in command of Egypt. And for the rest of his life, he occupies that lofty position and he never the, the dream comes true and here's what you need to know about God and how God works God doesn't work quickly but he does move suddenly say suddenly he doesn't move quickly he never moves according to your time schedule so stop looking at your watch stop counting the days but when it happens God moves suddenly and that's what God did in the life of Joseph. And I'm, I have every confidence of what God has done for the household of faith. And that is what God is going to do for you. Here again, guys, put this phrase up there. This is, this is my overarching thought. When you breathe life into someone else's dreams, God will breathe life into your dreams. You see, we mistakenly think, I've got I've to work more, take a second job, work more overtime, and make more money so I can get bigger this, better that, newer this other thing, take this trip. You know, and, and Americans are just consumed with more, more, more. But I want to tell you this. The American dream is not God's dream. And nobody said amen, Pastor Dixon. Because we get drilled with the American dream. You just work hard. God's dream for you involves faith. There will be some work to it, but it involves faith. So, many years ago, our church collected money, and this is the care point, our first picture here. This is the care point that we built in Moshvingo. Oh, it's the video. Yeah, this is, this is my welcome when I went into town that day. That's just 2014, I believe. 
It was it really is very humbling uh, to see those kids just rejoicing and they treated us like rock stars and of course you know me because you live here I'm not a rock star I'm just just a guy and uh, but but you know to go somewhere where you had been a part of just breathing life into the dream was phenomenal and this is the church this is the church that you guys were able to build now now this was the very first. Uh, building outside of the main campus in Bulawayo that, you, that, that we partnered with you, you guys built. So talk about the difference that made in the ministry. This was the beginning of this dream that is still unfolding. Um, when we went there, there was nothing. When we started laying the foundation and, and digging the the corners of that property, there was no buildings at all. And uh, as we began to reach out, um, God continued to really show us how we could see that community changed and transformed. We have now many, many families that come out of there, you know, besides the children that and the kids that you, you have been sponsoring. Uh, we have many people that have committed their lives to Jesus uh, 650 people that can feel that building and with several services. In fact, we, we had a service before we came here. Um, we didn't have enough sitting with people sitting on the floor uh, because that's how much that building is impacting. And in fact, all the other buildings that we built, so you, you, you really gave us, the, when we looked at that building, we thought to ourselves, hey, this is really nice. So that is the plan that we have. The, those are, those are, those are uh, washrooms on the other side um, and storeroom. Um, so, so thank you for investing in that. And, and I, remember, um, I remember in one of my first trips there, um, I was taken out. You took me out to, uh, to an empty field and we prayed there. See, that's, that's why I talk about dreams are the future. And they were sharing with me their dream because they said that many times when they go in and they minister to the kids, the city fathers will give them a piece of property. And the, the plan the city fathers and the, the local government had was to build a community, thousands of homes. And we had the opportunity to build a church right in the middle of what would be a population of I don't even know, 10, 15, 20,000 people. And, and that, that's what God, see, God knows where the people are going to be 10 years from now. And he was getting in front of it. And I got to be a part of it. Pastor Dixon got to be a part of it because he loves people and he wants to save people. And so we prayed there. And uh, in fact, my wife has a rock from that property. And then through a partnership of Children's Cup and us and you guys, we built that building that has now become the model that has been replicated. Now, how many buildings like this do you have now? We have about, what, seven, six buildings. Six, six, buildings. six buildings that we have, yeah, that, are, that look like that. And a lot of them are friends of ours, great churches from around, uh, you know, they, they part, many of them are ARC churches. And, but we were the first. Come on, somebody. We were the yes. first. Come on. 
somebody's got to go first. And you know what? And, 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 I'll tell you, uh, and I'll tell you how it helped make the dream come, happen, come true. So, so they were able to bring other pastors from America there and they could see the building and say, we want to do something like this. Household of Faith has done this. And now there are six other campuses. And I, I think that is just phenomenal. And uh, I want to show you these pictures of my son, Caleb. Um, one of the things I do, um, I've always believed in it, and is if you really want your children to grow up and have a healthy view of the world, you need to get them out of this country by the time they are 12 or 14 years old. You need to take them and let them see what the world is like. That is my second son, Caleb. He's now in the military. But we've taken all of our kids to the mission field because we want them to see what the rest of the world, what it's like. Let me just help you remember something. We live in a bubble in America. This is not like the rest of the world lives. If you, in fact, if you have, if you have money in a bank account, a savings account, whatever, a checking account. If you have money in a bank account, you are in the top 5% of wealthy people in the world. Now, I know you don't believe that because you're measuring yourself next to Jeff Bezos and Zuckerberg and uh, some of the other titans of industry. But the truth is, most of the world is struggling to find something to eat today most of the world my wife says this is her favorite picture of Caleb in the whole world and Caleb picked up a little boy in one of the care points of course we look different Caleb is just as white as he can be you know we just white people and then this little boy is just as black as he can be but at, at the very core we're all the same little boys just want to be loved they just want to they want a place to belong and they need to know a Jesus they can believe in. And they want to, and God has a dream for them to become something. And so that's what, that's what these, these facilities were all about. And so they're going to show you a picture of some of the care points. Let's, let's just talk about the fact, what happens at a care point? Now, we know the Sunday the church thing. But talk about. What happens at the schools and, and how we maybe invite them after school to the facility? What, what, when, when you sponsor a child, what all does that do for that child? So we, we get to the school. It, it brings us into a relationship with that school. And so we have a people that we call facilitators. These are champions that begin to interact with the, with the children right there in that school. We, we make sure, th and, and we, we get given, if, if we're supporting, sponsoring a few children, that gives us entrance into the whole school to be able to actually talk to all the children about Jesus. That's amazing, because in America, you cannot go to a public school and talk about Jesus. But in Zimbabwe, you can be able to do You that. love the least, the mm -hmm. marginalized, and they will let you talk to the whole school. That's right. Phenomenal. That's right. So we are able to come in there. They will do prayer. Um, and, and, and that connects. You'll find in a school, a number of the teachers actually begin to come to the church as well. 
And so they help us to really be able to do all the different activities at the school. In fact, at the end of the year, we hold this huge party that we, we, we have a special, you know, high tea for the, for the, um, for the teachers. And then we have sports and stuff with, with all the children. The, the sponsored children will do some, you know, some drama, some skits, you know, that portray Jesus because it's at the end of the year. So the Christmas story uh, is there. And so we really get this huge opportunity to minister Jesus in the whole school. But the church becomes also the, uh, the hope center where all after-school programs are being done there. We don't use the church only on the weekend. Every single day of the week, we have women coming there to learn how to cook, how to sew. We have men coming there doing meetings, but the greatest people that you use that is the children. It is a center where they can come, they can do games week, they can find friends, and basically that whole community, they can come there and they can connect with each other, but they can connect with the Lord. I love that strategy. And I want you to tell our church sort of the story of how this all began with your church, with, with the church there in Bulawayo and those, those initial a few kids. This is a strategy that I believe came from the heart of God yes. and has led to, uh, we'll tell you some numbers in a moment, but won't you go ahead and tell them that story? Yeah. So after our church was started, three months, you know, the, the, in, into, into beginning of the church, the, the, Lord, it, the Lord spoke to my heart, again, dream, uh, and my wife, and we, we, it was at a time when things were very difficult. At that time, you could not buy bread. If you go to the store, you had to actually queue or make a line for everything to buy. And, and, and children would go to school and they would faint because they were hungry. Um, and some would have to be carried back home because there was nothing at home. And, and, and most of them would only have one meal you know, a day. And, and the Lord spoke to us to adopt one of the Poor schools. So we went there. We met with the with the headmaster. But because we were three months, and I I I, I didn't get a salary from the church for for more than one year, and I said to our leadership, I said we want to take whatever money comes in, let's take care of ten children. That's what we could afford. Pay their school fees. Um, you know, feed them. Uh, and maybe we can get school fees for them paid out of that. And so we're given 10 kids, and most of them, their uniforms were torn. Kids in, in Zimbabwe, they wear school uniforms. The reason is because some of them have no clothes, so it will be hard for them to go to school when others have better clothes and they don't, so they, they, they all wear uniforms. So, and so I remember the first time we met with these kids in the, in the classroom, somewhere torn clothes with patches all over and, and just really um, very looking so, so, you know, so um, really bad. And I was so excited. We began to just talk about Jesus right there and everybody wanted to really have a relationship with Jesus. And we felt that was uh, a thumbs up from God to say, listen, what you're doing is, is really great. We robbed on teachers and we started feeding, feeding those children. And that's when you all came in to really make this dream Amen. bigger. And so 
with, with, so we began supporting them. I, I remember this when I visited. Um, they would feed the school, and, and the, the, the principal of the school told me that their school became the top, top scoring school in the nation all because of yes. the kids had a, one good meal a day. Yeah. Can you imagine one meal making a difference like that yeah. in the life of a child? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's something we take for granted. Yeah. You know, that's why we're going to give you the opportunity. Mark, I don't know how many got sponsored the first service. I don't know how many are left. Do you know how many are left? left. We only have 11 kids left. We had 40. So first service did a great job. Um, the Lord must have moved. Come on, baby, Come our story. <laughs> yeah. But, Praise the Lord. But for $39 a month, and I just want you to think about $39 a month. Most of you spend more than that on coffee at Starbucks or PJs or Sips or wherever you buy your coffee from. Or you spend more than that on soft drinks and chips in the course of a month. For $39 a month, um, not only, t- tell them all the things that the $39 a month will do for a child. A lot of things, a lot of things. So we are able to pay school fees for that child. Uh, we are able to uh, pay medical bills. When they get sick, they will be taken. Med- medical bills are very, very expensive. So if they, they get hurt in sports and all that, the school doesn't cover that. So any one of those sponsored children is able to be taken care of. They have a uniform, but also we, we are able to, to feed them. Uh, they will get a meal whilst they're at school. And some of them, that's the only meal they get to get. And, uh, but the greatest thing is that when they are sponsored, they now have a family far away from home and they can get to write you letters. You can be able to write back and can be able to talk to them. Yeah, and we didn't do this in the first service, but I want you to tell a little bit about your story because the way the kids are chosen you know, obviously Zimbabwe's got some challenges, but there are some that are just really the poorest of the poor. And Dixon, tell a little bit about your story of your father and how you grew up. Yeah. So my, my father was worked at a farm, and um, there was four of us. My father had a problem. Uh, he was an alcoholic. Whenever he got paid, he never came home. He would only come back home when he, the money was, was finished and used up. And that would be probably, you know, two, three days, sometimes a week. The only reason he kept his job, he was very, very good at it. He used to drive those big combine harvesters. The, the, the farmer was one of the very wealthy farmers. He had big land and grew a lot of corn. But one day, he didn't come back home. We waited a week and he never came back. And so um, a month, we're told to move out of the house. And then we went to the village. My mom took me to her brother who had five wives. And so, um, and he had my sisters because I, I, was, I was older. So she wanted me to kind of really, you know, get an education. And, um, and so, yeah, so that, that was, so I went from wife, I would say two months in this wife, with this wife, and they would kick me out, and I would stay a month with another of his wives, because they were always fighting. 
In, in Come that on, kind five of, wives. Yeah. Who would have thought they would fight? <laughs> this, is, this is the brokenness in other parts of the world. Yeah. We have our own brokenness here. And uh, so they're taking some of the least these. Now, you went on, finished school, and you went to university, didn't you? Yes, I did. And became a pastor. Yes, I, I, I worked for a while. Uh, I, I lectured in an engineering college. Uh, Come on, I, engineering. Yeah, yes. God, I, li- I knew I liked this guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, somebody made the dream happen. So when Jesus called me, I thought that was a bigger dream than working in industry. And, yeah. and you have a story of people helping you all along the way. Yes. Every, I could not have made it alone. I got a grant from the government, but I had people paying for me. Um, and uh, that's why this is very special to me, you know, when we are able to make somebody's dream work. Yeah. God will take care of our own dreams. And so God has raised him up from, from really a situation that would seem hopeless. And now, and his, his wife has a, she was telling us her story last night. She has a very similar story. The dad left and you know, had, had his issues. And, um, but God is using them now. And how long have you and Pastor Chippo been married now? 29 years this year. Amen. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And so when Jesus gets a hold of our life, man, everything changes. And he's not repeating that cycle of uh, brokenness. So I want to show you... Um, I'm not sure what they have showed you. That's where the nation of Zimbabwe is. Um, I want to show you uh, the child that Vanessa and I sponsor. Her name is Janet. She is in Zimbabwe, and we've been sponsoring her since she was, uh, since it's, we've been sponsoring her for nine years. Go ahead and go to the next one. Just kind of roll through those. Watch her. She grows up. She is growing into a young woman. She is, I think, 16 years old now. And uh, then we sponsor another girl in the Dominican Republic. Her name is Yosemary Ortiz. And uh, she's a little bit younger. We've only been sponsoring her since 2018. But I want to take a moment. I want to brag on uh, One Child Matters. Because they, this, is, this is a group, a missions group of high, high integrity. And uh, we were sponsoring two children in Zimbabwe, and one of the children was, was able to go live with another relative and was taken out of the system. They let us know, said, hey, your child no longer needs your support. You can support another child, or you can just keep your money. And I just want to say to Mark, he's the representative, but I appreciate that kind of integrity, and I believe God blesses that kind of integrity. And, I'm, and look, if I didn't feel strongly about these guys, we wouldn't have them at the house. But I feel like I can confidently recommend you partnering with them and sponsoring a child. And they're going to do what they say. If I'm not mistaken, um, there are business people who underwrite the administrative cost. And so the whole $39 goes in country. Is that correct? 84% of the $39 goes into the country to take care of the child and uh you know there's some there's some relief organizations that only about 10 percent goes into the country so we, this is one of the better ones 
that I believe that you can work with. And I'm so thankful Mark's here today. And he's, he's going to answer all the questions. Let me just tell you, in the back, there are only 11 left. So, look, you may have to throw an elbow to get a child today. Just today, that's okay. Just in Jesus' name, elbow your way to the front. But um, there's, a, there's a little pamphlet. Now, you cannot take this without sponsoring a child. You can't like, can I take this home and think about it and pray about it? First off, I don't know what you need to pray about, but um, this, is, this is so Jesus that, um, that, but what you do is there's a little bit about who they are, tells you they're a little boy and a little girl, how old they are, um, their birth date, and of course the country where they are, tells you a little bit about them and what your sponsorship provides. And then there's this page that if you fill this out and say, I want to sponsor a child, and I think probably what they do is connect it to a credit card. Is that, and that's how it works. They connect it to a credit card, um, like everything else in the world does, connects to your credit card. And they will auto-draft that out every month. And you will get a monthly letter. I mean, you have to be patient. It's Zimbabwe. Things don't always work like they work everywhere uh, in America. So, um, but then if, you, if you, you tear this out, they keep it, get you into the system. It'll take a little bit of a while before they get contacted. You know, you get contacted. And then you can keep all of this information about the child. Um, as I said, Vanessa and I, we sponsored two girls because we have three boys of our own. And my wife said she was tired of those stinking boys. So she's got a heart for girls. So we're, we're evening it out. That, the, our two girls we sponsor make three girls and three boys. We're, we're like the Brady Bunch family. And I've actually been to Zimbabwe and I've met Janet. And that's the cool thing is maybe one day when we take trips again, you can go and meet your sponsor child. Love on them. And I want to tell you, uh, I wrote a letter to my sponsor child, uh, Janet, just here recently. And I put a picture of my daughter's graduation from college. Because I want to plant the seed in Janet's life that maybe, if this is God's will, that she could go to college too. Because I want you to tell them, Dixon, especially for the girls, the education, tell them the difference education makes in Zimbabwe. So the preference is always to educate the male child not the female child. And so what happens is that when the, the girl child gets to grade seven, most times there's no money. And how old is that? How old is grade seven? Grade seven is, is how old is that? Maybe 12 years old, 11, 12 years old. Okay. And so they normally drop out and soon after that they get married. Now hear that. Soon after that, they have, no, they have no prospects, so they have to get married. I don't want my 13, 14-year-old girl having to get married. I don't think you want yours either. Yeah. Because they have no options. Yeah. So, so education is really an insulation that actually protects them when they go to school. But this is the cool thing. The girl child has been proven to be one that normally takes care of everybody else much, much better. Sometimes the boy child, when they get their education, they go, they just vanish, and they just live their life out of the girl child. 
when they get an education, even when they get married, they are always thinking about their siblings and whoever they have left. And most times they are able, when they have a good education and a good job, they are able to actually go back and make other people's dreams work, Amen. even within their families. Amen. So the men tend to be selfish. Yes. And the women tend to take care of the family. That's correct. Sounds like, that sounds a little bit like America, actually. And that's why you need to be here next week when Pastor Larry is going to talk to us about relationships. You need to bring every, every man, every woman you know. It's going to be awesome. And so, uh, because his wife is highly educated, had a job in the government. And recently left that because his wife oversees all the care points. Let's talk about how many kids you are, you're feeding in Zimbabwe now. How many, the care, how many number of care points are the Hope Centers? We have 11 Hope Centers um, that are scattered in the different cities that we work with one child. Uh, and we have about 3,000 Three, children. 3,000 kids. Yeah, in all those. And I just want to put in a plug for one child. One child is in 14 countries around the world, and they are, they are feeding about 40,000 kids every day of the year. And, uh, of course, there are other churches and people that are sponsoring them. But, but Mark, I, I, I can't say enough about how glad we are to partner with you guys. And so... My whole point today was to get 40 kids sponsored because I really believe if we'll make other people's dreams come true, God will make our dreams come true. You know, we helped and were a partner in building the first campus for them in Mashvingo. I believe our Mount Zion campus, it came after we did that. And I believe God said, okay, you're over there helping Celebration Church and people in Zimbabwe and then God had the Mount Zion campus had it just for us and of course what a blessing that has been we got to take that's where his wife Pastor Chipo is with my wife they're at the campus this morning they're talking about the same stuff and uh, you know we were out there a couple weeks ago just love what God's doing out at Mount Zion Kyle's doing a great job and and um, so I want, to, I want to leave you with this quote um, by a young girl called Yan Yan that is in uh, one of the care points. And I, I love this quote. This was on the One Child Matters off their website. This is what she said. I came to know God at the Hope Center and started to dream again. Don't you love that? Little girls talking dream again language. And she said, I asked God for his vision. For his plan for me. That is why they call me the smiling girl. That's why they call me the small, smiling girl. And I'll tell you what, when, when, when you have a dream, when you're living out a God dream, you're looking forward to a God dream in your life, that's how God puts a smile on your face. I'm not saying all your troubles are over. I'm not saying life is a bowl of cherries. But I am saying there's purpose that helps you overcome what you're doing. And I believe, and I especially believe for, you know, there may be some of you and you have children that are far from God and you're believing, you're praying for them. You know, my dad, um, 
who was right here in the second row, he used to tell me, he said, Scott, he said, I never worried about you. He said, what I did was I figured if I would witness and minister to someone else's child, God would send someone to minister to my child. And uh, I, w- I just, I want God to plant that dream in us of that, that desire of the faith to invest in someone else's dream. And I'm going to ask Dixon if you would, as we're closing this morning, Dixon, would you just pray for us at the household of faith? Hallelujah, Lord. God, we want to thank you for such an incredible, amazing time together. I thank you for this wonderful church, beautiful people. I want to pray, Lord, today for every household that is represented, every family, every home that is represented here today. I pray for mother, I pray for father, I pray for children represented here today. Thank you for Pastor Scott and his wife, Pastor Vanessa, and the entire leadership of the household of faith. Lord, this church, in obedience to your word, to go out and make disciples of many people, Lord, they've faithfully done that, even in our own lives. I pray that, Lord, you would watch over every single one here. I am asking that you would heal those that are feeling sick in their bodies. In the name of Jesus, Lord, touch every part, every part of their body that hurts and aches right now and bring full and total healing in their body in the name of Jesus. But God, I'm also asking for your provision. Whatever need they may have, Lord, maybe it's financial or material. You're a God who provides and you meet us at our point of need. Because you're such a loving and caring God. I pray for them. I pray for those that are that have anxiety and, and, and worry, that are anxious. Lord, your word tells us that we should not be anxious about anything. But by prayer, we must make our requests known to God. Lord, I pray for your blessing upon every family here. And I pray for your blessing upon the household of faith. For the local campuses that they have I pray for your blessing upon them and thank you for the partnership that we have and enjoy together with one child thank you for many lives many children that we are bringing giving hope father in Dominican Republic in Zimbabwe thank you for this church in Jesus name amen